You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Extreme Makeover, You Edition, Part 2. Enjoy. Worship Him. And you know, one of the, the best ways to worship God is to believe Him. Just to grab a hold of His promises and take Him at His word. Judah, are we cooking over there? Ready? Okay, good. So we're going to get into His promises this morning. And I want to I invite you to open up your heart. And let the Holy Spirit transform you. I want to see all of us leave here stronger than when we came in. Can God do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're going higher. We're getting stronger. We're increasing. And we said last year that 2015 was going to be uh, the best financial year of our lives so far. And we had amazing testimonies at Highway Church. We said in 2016, it's going to be the best financial year of our lives. That's Highway Church, right, so far. And we've had some good testimonies so far. And then we've got a good five months left. We're not done yet. So in other words, I, I want to encourage you to expect increase in your life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, materially, financially, in every way. Whether you know it or not, God wants to lift you up. God wants to promote you and to strengthen you and to bless you. That's his heart. So we started a new series last Sunday called Extreme Makeover You Edition. And basically what we're talking about is God caring for you so much that he has made a new life available to you. Do you guys remember the TV show Extreme Makeover Home Edition? And boy, we used to, it, I don't think it's on anymore, but years ago, as a family, we used to like to watch that on Sundays, Sunday nights. And it was so much fun. They basically assembled this dream team of designers and builders, and they would bless people with new homes. I thought, what a great idea for a show. Speaking of new homes and construction, there were two carpenters working on a new home, and they are putting up the siding on the, on the uh, north side of the house. And so that they're working together. They didn't really know each other. They're kind of new on the crew. And, and one carpenter was taking nails out of his pouch, and some of them he'd throw behind him, and then some of them he'd hammer into the home. And the other carpenter is watching this guy for like 15 minutes, and what is this guy doing throwing all these nails away? So finally, he asked him, he said, excuse me, why are you throwing those nails away? Well, he said, we're on the north side of the house, so all the nails that are pointing south, I'm throwing away. And all the nails, in other words, that are pointing away from the house, I throw away, and the ones that are pointing toward the house, I use. And the other guy said, no, the, the nails that are pointing away from the house are for the other side of the house, so you should save those ones for the other side of the house. So. Yeah. So he got the picture and it worked out. So they had two piles, one nails pointing this way for the other side of the house one. That's not a true story. That was, that was an attempt at a joke, I think. But anyway, so I love the idea of just getting a dream team together and blessing people, you know. And, and it was really fun. There would be a family that was in need on this show and this need would be made aware to this dream team. And, and they, would, they would come together with a plan to bless these people. And it was a great plan. They had a plan. And not only did they have a plan, they furnished the provision for that plan. Didn't cost the family a dime. 
That's great, right? They furnished a provision for that plan, and they were thinking big, really big. And as I started to uh, think about it, I thought, boy, there's a lot of similarities between the way God thinks and the way that show thought. (laughs) I don't know who made it or what the idea was behind it. But, you know, God has a plan for you. He is the dream team, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And boy, he has a plan, and he has made provision for that plan. And he's thinking big, okay, for you. So they were thinking big, so big, it was all expenses paid big. How many people have seen the show? You guys remember that show? Yeah, all expenses paid big. And, and they would send them on a luxury vacation. <laughs> they'd show up, <coughs> excuse me, they'd, they'd, they'd bless the family, tell them what they were going to do, and then off this family would go in a limousine on a luxury vacation. While they were resting, the dream team was working, right? And, and the old was being removed, and the new was being built. And what was the phrase at the end of the show? Do you remember? So the, dream, the family would come back after one week. They did all that work in one week, which is amazing. And, and that included sometimes not just a home, but another building, a garage, a barn, or a workshop, or landscaping. And they came back, and um, they, they, they chauffeured them back from the airport in a limousine, right, thinking big, right, rich provision, abundant provision. And in front of their home was what? A big bus. And what did they say? M- yeah, move that bus, right? Well, listen, at Highway Church, we want you to move that bus in your life. What do I mean by that? We want you to put your faith in what Christ has done for you and see the new life he's provided for you. And sometimes there's a bus of fear in front of that new life. There's a bus of worry. There's a bus of depression. There's a bus of anxiety. But on three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Move that bus. Fear, go. Depression, go. Anxiety, go. Lack, go. Sickness, go. In the name of Jesus. So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see this morning this new life that Christ has provided for us. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we come before you this morning and celebrate what you have done for us through the Son. And we ask you to illuminate the eyes of our heart with the light of Christ this morning that we would see through the discouragement, the doubts, the fears, the worries, and we would see clearly the new life you have provided for us in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've asked him and now he does it, right? So expect a, 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 a new clearer vision for your life this morning as we're together. God's going to show you things in here. All right? Hallelujah. Now, that was just a TV show, right? People came up with that idea, but it was a great idea. Now, if people can come up with an idea to bless other people like that, what would happen if you let God bless you? How much more does God care for you? How much more does God want to bless your life? Let's look again at Matthew chapter 7. We looked at it last week, but I want this to just to sink down deep in our hearts. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. 
This is Jesus talking, right? This is God in the flesh. This is the will of God speaking. He says, what man, of verse 9, chapter 7 of Matthew, what man is there among you if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? That, that's, we can all understand that, right? Very simple. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Danny, would your dad ever do that to you? If you ask him for bread? No, of course not, right? We can all relate to that, right? The whole idea of blessing people comes from God. So well, who, I don't know who came up with that show, but anything good really comes from God. Look what Jesus says here in the next verse. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's who he is. He's better than your best dream. He's better than your best imagination. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. You see, the first step to experiencing this new life and to beginning to see this new life that God's provided for you through Christ is knowing that he's good. Knowing that he desires to do great things for you because he loves you. And in verse 31, it says this, What then shall we say in response to this, to this amazing God who longs to lavish us with his love and his provision? What should we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, that's everything he had, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If you want to grow strong in God's love for you, eat that verse right there for breakfast every day this week. Meditate on that. God's amazing love for you. He gave us his son he desires to give us all things. Hallelujah. So God saw your needs before you were ever born. And he wants to do a whole lot more for you than just paint your front door or fix the leaking faucet. He wants to, to make you new. He wants to bring about a total transformation in your life. Spirit, soul, and body. And he had a plan to do that before you were born. And the provision for that plan was made, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is God's provision for your destiny. And he's more than you could ever need or want. And God was thinking big when he made you. How big? Well, look at John 10.10 again. The Holy Spirit, I feel, just won't let me get off of this verse. It's just so powerful. John chapter 10, verse 10. This is, again, 
Jesus, God in the flesh, is talking. He's declaring his purpose for coming for you. And in verse 10 says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Who is the thief? Satan is the thief. What is his plan for you? To steal from you? To kill and destroy you? Is that God's plan for you? Are you sure? Are you really sure? It's hard to tell sometimes by some of the messages that are coming from churches. They make it seem like God and Satan are working together. They're not. God does not need Satan to accomplish anything in the earth. Satan is an enemy of God and of everything that is good. It's important to understand this so that you can see God's plan for your life. Because there's a lot of horrible things happening in the world today that are not God's will. You've got to know that. Because I, I hear coming from pulpits, pastors, ministers saying that it, basically everything that happens in the world is part of God's plan. It's not. The Bible doesn't teach that. Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus rebuked storms. He rebuked demons. He rebuked sickness and disease. He rebuked religious leaders. Right? Why? They were opposing God's plan. Right? Remember that. Jesus instructed us to pray for God's will to be done where? In the earth, on earth, just as it is in heaven. Why did he instruct us to do that? Because it's not done in the earth. In heaven, it's done automatically. There's no opposition there. In earth, we have to enforce it because there's opposition here. All right? We're in enemy territory. We're living in a fallen world that's falling apart. If you just think God's will is going to automatically happen in your life, you're going to be very disappointed because you have an adversary that's trying to steal from you, kill and destroy you. When you get to know the promises of God, you'll have the strength to stand up in His face and say, no more in my life. Yeah, move that bus and get on it, Satan, right? Amen. So Jesus said the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. And then what did, what did he say here? In, in the, the rest of the verse, he said, I came. In other words, in direct contrast to Satan, I came for a, a very different reason. I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. God's thinking big right? He's not small in any way, shape, or form. In abundance, how abundant? To the full, till it overflows. Till it overflows. I think it was Peter when he said to, to Jesus, well, what, when, when the rich young ruler walked away from following Christ, and, and Peter said, well, what do we get for following you? Remember what Jesus said? Those who've left family and, and homes for me will get 100 times as much in this life and the one to come, right? That's big. Abundance. This is God's thinking, all right? Abundance. He has abundance for you. So this verse is, is our litmus test in determining what's from God and what's not from God, 
okay? If it has anything to do with stealing, killing, or destroying, it's not from Him. Bad things don't come from God. He doesn't have any bad things to give us. He's all good. All right? I know religion has painted a different picture of him, but it's not true. All right? So if it has to do with life and life abundantly, it's from him. All right? So there's our litmus test that's going to help us see the plan of God for our lives. All right? Very important to understand that. Sickness and disease, are they from God? No. Is it part of his plan? No. Right? We come against sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. We kick it out of our lives. We don't allow it to operate anymore. John chapter 10, 10. So he's thinking big, life abundantly big. All expenses paid big. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. For you have been bought with a price. You're paid in full. Paid in full. When you begin to see God's picture for your life, I guarantee you it's bigger than what you've planned. Guarantee you. Bigger. Because it's going to require faith in His love for you in order for that thing to come to pass. So we've got to allow God to expand our thinking. To expand the vision inside of us. Because it's bigger than what you know now. It's bigger than what you're seeing today. And he's doing that right now as we're getting into his word. So it's time to move that bus. To put our faith in Christ and let the Holy Spirit expand the vision for our lives. And begin walking in this new life that he came to give us. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. One of my favorites. like this scripture. This helps me to walk in this new life God has given us and God has given me. This changed my life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how do you know if you're in Christ or not? Are you in Christ because you go to church? No. Are you in Christ because you read your Bible? No. Are you in Christ because your parents went to church? No. How do you know if you're in Christ? You've confessed Jesus as your Lord with your mouth. And you've believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead for you. That's how you know. Really. If you've done that, you're in Christ. Isn't that simple? I'm so glad God made it so simple and accessible to anyone. So if I've put my faith in Christ, and I believe that God raised them from the dead for me, and with my mouth I say, Jesus, I receive you. Be my Lord and my Savior. From that moment on, I'm in Christ. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm in Christ. Okay? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what do I do in order to move that bus in my life and begin walking 
in this new life, I begin to declare this verse over my life. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Let's say that together. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Let's do it again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things become new. I'll say that right in the face of a mistake I just made. Because, you know, when we make a mistake, who comes in to accuse us? Satan does, right? To tell you what a, what a, what a phony you are, what a fake you are, what a, how you're not going to make it, right? Right in the face of that, I say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm not going to focus on the mistake that I made. I'm going to focus on what Christ has done for me that's going to give me strength over the mistake Amen. I just made, right? That's going to enable me to not make that mistake again, right? It's going to be wisdom to do the things I need to do. If I make the mistake again, what am I going to say? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. This is the secret passage into the abundant life. Saying who you are in Christ, even when it doesn't look like it. This is where so many stop. I can't say that. I'm not perfect. Well, as far as our own efforts are concerned, we're not. But as far as what Jesus did for you, you are. Later in that chapter, it says, God made him who knew no sin, in verse 20 or 21, 21 I think, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you in him? Yes. 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 When you put your faith in Christ, God takes your sins and gives you his righteousness. See, Christianity is about a whole lot more than just being forgiven of your sins. It's about God's nature being planted in you. The nature of the righteous one being planted and growing inside of you. The moment you put your faith in Christ, God's nature by the power of the Holy Spirit was deposited in you. His love, His joy, His peace, His strength, His self-control, His sound mind, His power. This is a different way of living. I begin to experience it when I say it and believe it. I speak it over my life and I believe it regardless of what it looks like regardless of how I feel. I do that same thing with physical health. I may feel terrible, look terrible, but I open up my mouth and I say, Jesus himself bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases, and with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. Pain shoots through my body. I say it again. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. Jesus himself bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases. And with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. This is a supernatural way of living. Death and life are where? Proverbs 18, 21. The power of the tongue. Right? 
God has made this provision, but you won't experience it until you believe it and speak it over your life. Right? We can't receive forgiveness of sins until we receive Christ, right? Even though it's provided for us, we have to receive it and say, Jesus, be my Lord. Hallelujah. So this is amazing. So when you put your faith in Christ, your spirit was made brand new. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. The power of sin has been broken in your life. Now we're going to read some scriptures that are absolutely amazing. Are you ready? You got your seatbelt on, right? God's nature's in you. God cares for you so much. He's provided a new life for you. Now, on the TV show uh, where they built people a new house, the house the people were living in didn't work. There are a lot of things wrong with it. It fell short of what they needed, right? Well, the same is true of us, right? We need God. We've all fallen short of the life God has for us. We need Him to make us a new house. We need Him to make us new. All right? If you're trying to live life in your own strength with your own wisdom, you're going to get worn out sooner or later. You're going to get depressed sooner or later. It may take 20 or 30 years. It'll catch up with you at some point. We weren't made to live life in our own strength with our own wisdom. We're made to walk through each day in fellowship with the one who made us by the power of his spirit. All right? So let's take a look at this new life. God describes it for us in many places in the scriptures. We're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at this new life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. So we're not living life anymore relying on our own strength. We're not relying on our own experience, our own education. We're relying on the strength, wisdom, and provision of God. God cared for us so much, he provided a new life for us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, talking about Jesus, says, Jesus indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for who? For you. Why? Because we need them, right? We need them. We need to move that bus. We need a new home. We need a new life, right? So we, we need Jesus. He came for you, not so that you could create religious tradition, but so that you can fulfill your God-given destiny, so that you can have victory over the enemy and lead others into victory, so that you can be free and others can be set free through you. Right? All right, so let's jump to verse 23, same chapter. Your new life, this is the message translation. I like this. You got your seatbelts on, right? We read it last week, but it's just so good we have to eat it again. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from mortal sperm, flesh. We're not talking about flesh, we're talking about supernatural power of God. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. What does a life conceived by God himself look like? He's going to show us. Let's keep reading. Verse 24, that's why the prophet said the old life is a grass life. That's trying to live life in your own strength. That's like grass. It's not going to last. 
right? Its beauty is short-lived as wild flowers. Grass dries up, flowers droop. God's Word, verse 25, goes on and on forever. This is the Word that conceived the new life in you. When you declare Jesus Lord of your life and you put your faith in Him, the living Word conceived a brand new life inside of you. And as you believe that and begin to speak it, it begins to manifest. All right? But it's possible to receive Christ and not experience any difference in your life. You can come to church, you know, you put your faith in Christ, you believe that He rose from the dead from you, but you'd never learn, no one ever, you never hear what that really means. You never learn that you now are a new creation. Instead, you learn man's religious philosophies, and that doesn't set you free. You need to learn that you're a new creation now. You're not who you used to be, all right? Let's look. Let's go. All right, here we go. We're going to go back to the prophet Isaiah, read a few passages, come back to Jesus, and we're going to be done. Are you all right? Let's do this thing. We got time to be changed, right? We, got, we may as well be transformed. We may as well go home different, right, than when we came. We're going to do it. We're not staying the same. We're not staying the same. Jesus is the same because he's perfect. But we're being transformed more into his image every day. I don't want the old life. I don't want it. I tried it and it's dead. It's dead. I want new life. I want Jesus life. I want devil can't stop me life. Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's go to the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 55, verse 12. Let's get some Jesus life happening up in here. Come on. Hallelujah. You got to shake off that old lie. It's not who you are anymore. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Hallelujah. Here we are. We're painting a picture of your new house. Are you ready? There are two distinguishing characteristics of this new life. Joy and peace, wholeness. Verse 12, prophet Isaiah talking about this new life that Christ would give us. This was before Jesus came, but he's come now, so we've got it. Verse 12, for you shall go out with joy. Boy, is that a commodity, huh, that the world can't give you. And be led forth with shalom. Peace, wholeness is what that word means. Well-being, prosperity. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. You getting this picture? And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Look at verse 13. Instead of the thorn. What's a thorn? That hard, sharp, prickly thing that, that makes it difficult for you to move forward. I remember as a kid, we used to go trailblazing. I had cousins that came to visit me from California. I don't know. I was probably seven or eight years old. We went trailblazing in the woods. And, and man, we had to go through all of these thorns. And our, they, they would tear our jeans. It just, it just made going where we want to go very difficult. That's what it's like when you're living life in your own strength. Right? The enemy opposes you and you just, you just don't, you can't get through. Well, instead of that, instead of the thorn, shall come up the fir tree. Have you ever seen a, a soft fir tree in the woods? You could take a nap under its branches. Those soft needles in the shade, very different than a thorn, 
right? Instead of the thorn, a fir tree, rest, refreshment. Instead of the briar, same kind of thing as thorns, come up the myrtle tree. What's your great-grandmother is myrtle, right? So Jennifer's great-grandmother's name is Myrtle. And what's a myrtle tree? Flowering, beautiful tree with a beautiful aroma, right? Big different than thorns, briars, fir tree, and myrtle tree, right? A beautiful life with the a fragrance of Christ emanating from you, Right? And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So let's look at this joy. Joy, it's a, it's a type, it's something you can't get in the world. Why is that? Because joy really comes from good news. But the strength and um, lastingness of that joy depends on how good the news is. Okay? Yeah. So joy comes from good news, all right? The power and the staying strength of that joy, the overcoming power of that joy, depends on how good the news is. Now, all of us have heard some kind of good news in our life, but the best news you're ever going to hear is that the maker of the universe is totally captivated with you. He loves you with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he gave you everything when he gave you his son. And he's fully committed to seeing you fulfill your destiny. You can't find better news than that, that the maker of heaven and earth is for you, not against you. That he's behind you. He's for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to win. He wants you to have more than enough every day of your life. Hallelujah. When you begin to realize this news, joy will begin to grow inside of you that nothing can take away. There's other good news. You can hear like someone, you just, you know, you just won this contest at work or, you know, things like that, but that's going to pass. You know, there's little temporary moments of joy, but this is a joy that nothing can steal from us. It's permanent. It's forever because God's permanent. And His love for you will never change. Joy! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So what we do now is we get to know Him we, get to, we, we learn his promises so that this joy can grow in our lives. And I, have, uh, I, I, don't, I would venture to say in the history of America, never has there been more depression than what we're seeing now. And you know what? Man doesn't have an answer for it because it's not in this world. The answer is in Christ. Joy in his presence is fullness of joy. So are you ready for this? I saw this quote from Aaron Lindsay this week. Aaron Lindsay's a Grammy Award-winning songwriter that's worked with Israel Houghton over the years. I just thought it was great. He said this, Any area of your life where you have no hope is under the influence of a lie. Let me say it again. That's good. Any area of your life where you have no hope, is under the influence of a lie. What do we do to fix that? Put our faith in the promises of God. 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Jesus came that I may have life and might have it more abundantly. God desires to give good things unto me, right? He gave his son for me. I know he'll give me all things. I know he's provided for me. Are you ready? So this is what we do. This is the joy of my life. It has been since 1989. Getting alone with God at some point during my day. And Psalm 1611. Let's put that up there. This is where joy comes from. Don't fall in the trap of being too busy that you don't do this. All right? So you get away with God and you put your trust in Him. I might open my Bible to this verse or John 10 10 or Romans chapter 8 or 1 Corinthians 5. And as you're meditating and worshiping Him, you're spending time, just you and Him now. No TV, right? No distractions, just you and the Holy Spirit. He makes known to you the path of life. You want to talk about joy. When you're fellowshipping with God and He unveils to you His path for your life. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. That's where joy comes from. Cultivating an intimate relationship with the one who made you. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Why are there pleasures in God's right hand? Because he wants to give them to you. Right? He wants to give them to you. That's why they're in his hand. Hallelujah. What's 1 Timothy 6.17 now? Right? It encourages us to put our hope in God. What's that say? Who richly and ceaselessly satisfies us with all things, gives us all things to enjoy. I didn't say that quite right. How's that? Put your hope in God who richly and ceaselessly provides us with all things to enjoy. Something like that. But it's that, that desire of God to give unto you and to bless you. 1 John 3, 1, he's lavished his love on us, right? All right. Now, this fullness of joy, Scripture, was quoted in Acts chapter 2. Do you know that? We're not gonna, we don't have time to go through it all. But they quoted this after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. People wondered what was wrong with them. Do you remember that in Acts chapter 2? They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They begin speaking in other tongues. They're celebrating. People are looking at them thinking they're drunk, and they quote this verse, right? It's a joy that's so great, people might think you're intoxicated with alcohol. But we are intoxicated, but it's with the Holy Spirit. Get drunk on the Holy Spirit. Did a pastor just say that? Yes. Do you know that's in the Scriptures? Do you know we're encouraged to do that? Where? In Ephesians? To not be drunk with wine, but to be drunk in the Holy Spirit? Read you a quote from A.W. Tozer. Jennifer shared this with me. She's reading a book. It's called uh, a Little Devotional Gems of Tozer, something like that. This is what A.W. Tozer said. We're talking about joy, that God has joy for us. He said, wise leaders should have known that the human heart cannot exist in a vacuum. 
if Christians are forbidden to enjoy the wine of the Spirit, they'll turn to the wine of the flesh for enjoyment. Our teacher's religion took away our right to be happy in God. I, I grew up in that. I know all about that. You can't be happy and serve God. That's a lie. Took away our right to be happy in God, and the human heart wreaked its terrible vengeance by going on a fleshly binge. This is powerful. Christ died for our hearts, and the Holy Spirit wants to come and satisfy you. God wants to satisfy you with joy greater than you've ever known. Woo! This is better than the best wine you've ever had. This is the Holy Spirit. This is unhindered life and joy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your joy right here, right now, in us. Thank you for your joy right here, right now, in us. Hallelujah. We thought, yes, we're drunk this morning. We are. Thank you, Lord, for joy. Let's stand up right now. Let's do this. Let's just shake off worry, fear, anxiety, and let's praise Him. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for joy unspeakable. You have made known to us the path of life. You are our strength. You love us, Lord. It is your desire to bless us, to transform us, to reveal more of Christ to us. And we thank you for doing it, Lord God. Hallelujah. So right now in your lives, I want you to speak to whatever it is that's troubling to you. You just say right now, depression, get out of my life. Anxiety, get out of my life. Fear, no more in my life. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay up there, Mariah. You can sit down if you like right now. We're going to get one more scripture. It's all right. I want you to get you up. Stretch a little bit. Praise him. Come on. We're going to get a little catch our wind. We got to get this. We're going to get this. We're leaving different. We're leaving different. We're not the same anymore. Hallelujah. We're not playing any Christian games. No. We're temples of the living God. We're transformed by his presence. We're going forward. Hallelujah. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for new life. Thank you. We walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. We're strong in you and in your mighty power. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The second characteristic of this new life is peace. Glory to God. Peace, and that is wholeness. I'll tell you what. I don't think we're going to be able to finish this. We're going to have to pick up next week. I'm so excited. Glory to God. Woo! Yes, the joy of the Lord is our strength. All right, we're going to stay on joy. We'll pick up here. I, I want to tell you as well, I said this week uh, we were going to talk about resting, the, the recreation that God has provided for us. But as I prayed this week, I really felt we should focus on peace in this new life. So we'll get to rest and recreation because God has provided that for you as well. So we got joy, this new life, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Depression is defeated in your life. Joy is yours in Christ. Joy is yours in Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, I shared with a a hallelujah. Amen. So if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can receive that right now. I was talking with a friend of mine earlier this week. 
He really didn't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. We prayed on the phone. He received it right there, just like that. That's joy. That's joy. All right? So let's, let's go ahead. Let's stand to our feet right now. Anyone who needs to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on down. And you can receive it right now. If you want to get drunk, come on down. This is the place to do it, right here. You say, what's the baptism of the Holy, excuse me, the Holy Spirit? Well, that's what happened in the book of Acts. And it's a powerful thing. It's when your spirit receives the power of the Holy Spirit to pray in a language your mind doesn't know. Okay? You say, what's the benefit of that? Why do they speak in tongues in Acts chapter 2? Well, Proverbs 18 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Their tongue, they receive power from on high to pray in a language that their mind did not know. Your mind can get in the way sometimes. We need the ability to pray directly to God without our mind blocking us. We need to pray with our mind. We pray with the understanding, like Paul said, and then we pray in the Spirit. We do both. All right? So if you, if you uh, don't, haven't received that yet, you can come forward and receive it right now. It's the ability to pray your spirit, praying to God without your mind getting in the way. I'll give you an example. So I'll pray in the spirit right now. In my mind, I cannot translate what I just prayed. In my spirit, I know I'm talking to him. There's a quickening that happens when you pray in the Spirit. Is there anyone here who hasn't received that and would like to receive it this morning? You can just come on forward and we'll pray with you. Anyone at all. But it's in Jude, it says, good, come on up here, Brandon. In Jude, it says, building yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. And again, this is something the devil's tried to steal away from people. It's a way of strengthening yourself in the Spirit, okay? Anyone else who'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And if you don't, you can, you can sit if you want to understand. It's up to you guys. But anyone else who wants to receive it? It's really simple. It's just like receiving forgiveness. We just believe it and we receive it, okay? Anyone else before we pray? I really encourage you to do that. It will actually, there's times in my life, um, and I, I, I like to pray in the Spirit uh, when I, as I'm going through my day, doing the different things I'll do and I just pray in the Spirit, it's a tremendous strengthening inside. It's very, I wouldn't want to live without it. And there are many Christians doing that, going through life without the benefit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, so this is what we're going to do. Brandon, anyone else? You can come on up. It's really simple. You're just going to put your faith in Jesus. Can't beat that, okay? But what we do is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we, we realize that it's supernatural, that God's going to do it. There's no fear here. But what I want you to do is the Holy Spirit's going to empower your spirit and your tongue to begin praying in a language that you don't know, okay? Don't try to figure it out. I don't know how it works, but he does it, okay? So we're going to start worshiping God in our primary language. It's English for you. So we'll just start praising him. And when I, when I pray for you, I want you to let the Holy Spirit take over and just let your tongue go, okay? All right? Yeah, just let it go. Let it go. And it's going to take off. All right? Don't worry about it. Just let it go. All right? So you're going to get drunk. All right? That's all right. So you can tell your mom and dad the pastor got you drunk this morning. All right? All right. So let's do that. Let's just start worshiping God in our primary language. Lord, we love you this morning. We bless you. We praise you. 
We thank you, God, for who you are. We give you glory and honor. Thank you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you for joy. Depression is broken right here, right now, in every life, in this place, in Jesus' name. Depression broken in Jesus' name. Freedom and joy in every life right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you ready, Brendan? Hallelujah. Yes, just keep praising him. Brendan, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit now. Let your tongue go. There you go. That's it. Just, that's exactly right. Just keep going. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Just keep doing it. That's right. Just keep doing it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's that easy. It's that easy. Anyone else who would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's that easy, Brendan. Anyone else? All right. All right. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to finish up. You're getting your exercise, getting up and down. It's good for the thighs, right? Okay. We're going to continue worshiping God. Brendan, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, before I went, went up to be prayed for, I thought, well, I took two years of French in high school. I don't know what I'm going to say. It's supernatural, Okay. And, and uh, what someone encouraged me to do is then just throughout your day, just continue to pray in the Spirit at different times. And boy, that thing will just keep flowing and flowing and flowing. And there are times in my life, Brendan, now I need to make a decision. I'll pray in the Spirit for a while. And the answer comes. It's amazing. All right? So take advantage of that. Utilize it. And keep praying in the Spirit. Okay? Awesome. That's awesome. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.